Hello and welcome to the official podcast of the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. I'm Rachel Can. ASIC's Corporate Governance Task Force has released its first report, Director and Officer Oversight of Non-Financial Risk. Here with me today to talk about the report is the Corporate Governance Task Force's team leader, Sunita Sidhu. Welcome, Sunita. Thank you, Rachel. My first question for you today is why did ASIC conduct this review into non-financial risk? Well, recent events, particularly the Financial Services Royal Commission, highlighted some real shortcomings in the corporate governance practices of our largest financial services firms. We undertook this exercise to get a comprehensive understanding of what the practices were within those firms. A lot of what we see in the corporate governance statements of these companies relate to the policies and frameworks and procedures. We wanted to get a real insight as to what the actual governance practices were. We couldn't look at everything, so we had a look at non-financial risk and its oversight to get an insight as to the practices around that. Ultimately, what we were hoping to do and what we have done is prepare a report outlining what we saw, what we thought was good, what we thought required some improvement, and ASIC's messages around that. And the ultimate goal from this whole exercise is to try and improve and increase corporate governance practices throughout the market. This review focused on compliance-related non-financial risk. So what is non-financial risk and why does it matter? So when we speak about non-financial risk, we speak about operational risk, conduct risk and compliance risk. In the financial services space, particularly in the banking space, this contrasts with risks such as liquidity, market and credit risk. Those risks, those commonly referred to financial risks, were really the focus post the global financial crisis and are quite mature in their oversight and their management. The non-financial risks are in contrast, so things like conduct risks, how you treat your customers, compliance risks, how you comply with the law, those risks haven't actually had the same amount of attention as the financial risks. But as we've seen from recent events, the remediation costs and reputational damage that can result can be quite significant. We focused on this risk because we actually wanted to understand how these risks were being overseen and to provide some assistance and guidance to entities as to how to oversee these risks. What were the report's main findings? So at a high level, the findings were that oversight and management of non-financial risk was nowhere near as developed or mature as the oversight and management of financial risk. We had some more detailed findings, which we split in the report into three sections, the three chapters of the report. So the first chapter relates to risk appetite. We wanted to look to see how risk appetite statements were being used by these directors of these very large and complicated organisations to help them in oversee risk, and in particular non-financial risk. So we focused on compliance risk in this exercise. What we did see was that the articulation of risk appetite, um, the accompanying metrics were quite immature and really developing. And as a result, we found that the reporting on the risk appetite and the monitoring of the appetite was also wanting with companies sitting outside of appetite for months, if not years at a time for compliance risk. The next chapter that we looked at related to information flows. To provide good oversight, the directors need to be well informed. What we saw was that board packs were dense, they were voluminous, they were almost 300 pages long each. And when you consider that these packs have to go to 
a number of directors who are sitting on a number of committees and a number of boards. That's a lot of information. What we also saw, though, was that there wasn't a clear hierarchy in relation to non-financial risk as to what was really important. What were the biggest risks, the most pressing risks that the board needed to focus on and why? The third area that we looked at related to the board risk committee. So board committees are often referred to as workhorses of the board. We wanted to see what this workhorse was doing in relation to the oversight of risk and particularly non-financial risk. What we found was that the risk committees were being used, but we thought they were being underutilised. Having regard to all of the challenges that were cited by not only our team, but by the people that we spoke to within the companies in relation to the oversight and management of non-financial risk, we really thought this forum could have been better utilised. Looking at the frequency of meeting and the time spent meeting, we thought it was quite modest given the size of these companies, but also given the year that they were having and the year of review. This report wasn't even released before it started generating a lot of interest and commentary from the media and the financial services sector. Did they get it right? Well, I suppose a lot of the media interest in the report related to one aspect or one component of the report. And that component was the work of our behavioural expert. But ASIC engaged a number of experts to support this work. This was a significant piece of work undertaken by ASIC. And so we engaged experts to assist us in our development of our surveillance methodology, in our consideration of international trends to see what additional uh, suggestions we could make, or also just to sense check what we were doing. We also had a look at what behavioural impacts could be relevant to assist with this work. Ultimately, the headline report, the report conducted by ASIC, is supposed to be a document that assists boards. We all understand that these are really difficult issues um, and there's no easy answer. The function of our exercise was to be able to provide some insights and some suggestions and some reflections to assist boards with this quite serious challenge of how they can better oversee non-financial risk. What we did in relation to the behavioural review was ask the behavioural expert to look to see what sort of behaviours could assist the boards in implementing the sorts of suggestions we were making, but more generally assist them in effective oversight of non-financial risks. So in that way, that particular part of the report is a component and input that feeds into the broader ASIC report. And how did it all work behind the scenes? So we started off the whole project with providing um, information requests to seven large financial services companies, um, requesting a lot of information around uh, their oversight of non-financial risk. We then uh, took that information back and reviewed it. Uh, we also obviously looked at a whole heap of publicly available information that was around at the time regarding those companies as well. We then sat down with um, the senior management of those companies, so the CRO, chief risk officers, company secretaries, um, the internal audit executives, to get a really good insight as to how the risk oversight worked from their perspective and their insights into the risk oversight. We then took those reflections as well as uh, the reflections of the team in relation to the document review and sat down with the chairs of the company, the chairs of the risk committees, um, to really have to have a further discussion about how uh, 
the risk was oversight and, and understand specific instances or specific issues that had arisen to get a real feel for the engagement at that board level with the risk oversight. But what we found, so whilst we engaged with individual entities, we then sat down and collated the reflections across the board. And I think that's probably the most powerful aspect of the whole report, is the thematic comparative review that it provides as to what the practices were across the seven entities that we observed. Thank you, Sunita, for taking the time to chat with me for this podcast. More information about ASIC's Corporate Governance Task Force and its first report on Director and Officer Oversight of Non-Financial Risk is available on the ASIC website. If you have any feedback for us on this podcast, send us a tweet to ASIC Media. We'd love to hear from you.